How many of y'all, how many of y'all that, that video is your life? Raise your hands. Or was your life. Now they're grown. And uh, the best thing about having kids when they get older is watching them have to put up with their kids. So that's always a fun thing. But Mother's Day is coming. And so we'll have something special for mothers. And uh, so because mothers are special, right? Okay. They have to hide behind the pillow. I like the, the thing on the bed, but she's got the laptop and the pillow up against her. That was pretty original. So go ahead and pull out your sermon notes. We've been talking about how to live through a bad day. Has anybody in here ever had a bad day? Most of us have, hadn't we? And we talked about, uh, you know, we talked about Good Friday. It was a month ago now, but we're going through the seven sayings of Jesus on the cross. And on Good Friday, we call it Good Friday, but it was a really bad day for him. I mean, he gets arrested, gets beat up, gets uh, executed or tried in a fake trial, and then executed. And, uh, and so it was a, a bad day for him, good day for us. But the, the verse for this is Hebrews 12, 2. And uh, you can look at it. I'm reading in the message. It's in your outline. It says, keep your eyes on Jesus. Somebody will say amen on that time. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus. I can't think of a time in my life when we probably need to have our eyes on Jesus more than we do right now in our day and age. There's so many things going on. He said, keep your eyes on Jesus who both finished or who both began and finished this race. See, we're in a race. Paul and others talk about the, the Christian life as a race, like we're running a race. And so Jesus has already run that race. And, uh, and he's, he's, he's uh, been through everything we've, we're going through. And he says, so keep your eyes on him. And then it says this, study how he did it. Study how he did it. Because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way. See, Jesus, we need to look at his life and study how he did it. I used to love the band and said, what would Jesus do? You know, it was, I think, back in the 80s or 90s. I don't know which one, but it was, it was great. It's been long enough, or most of y'all don't remember it. We ought to bring him back. But, uh, but you know, it's, it's a great thing. And we need to keep our eyes on him. And we can learn from him. And uh, we talked about last week, Jesus is in heaven next to the Father, interceding for us, praying for you and me. And, uh, and so last week, we looked at the statement, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Now, here's Jesus on a cross. He's been nailed up there. He's been beat to a pulp. He's bleeding. He's going to die. And he said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. I don't know about y'all. I wouldn't have necessarily been praying that for them, you know. And, uh, and so, uh, but here he's up there praying, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. And we know that Jesus had two criminals on either side of him. They were going through the same thing Jesus was. Just they weren't paying the price for our sins. They were up there because of their own sins, right? And uh, so I want us to look. That this is a lesson two of, of how to get over a, a bad day, live, a, live through a bad day. Luke 23, verse 39, it says this. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him, at Jesus. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you were under the same sentence? See, they were both sentenced, the same as Jesus was. We're punished justly for we're getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. And, uh, and so then the man said to Jesus, Jesus... Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And what did Jesus say? 
No, you're a big old sinner. He didn't say that, did he? He said this, I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise. So what can we learn from that statement? You know, one ridiculed Jesus, the other defended him and turned to him and asked him uh, to save him, basically, you know. And, uh, and he did. And he said, today you're going to be with me. So lesson two, fill in this blank, write this down, is we can help others who are experiencing your same struggle. Help others who are experiencing your same struggle. Here's Jesus on the cross. He's got two guys beside him. What does he do? He helps one of them. And, uh, you know, he's in the middle of having a very bad day, and he helps this criminal on the cross that's up there with him. So when we're going through a bad day, let me just tell you what will help. It will help when we can help someone else that's going through something similar. And, uh, and so it does three things. I want to give you these things. Write them down real quick. Excuse me. Those red beans were good. Number one, it distracts us from our own needs. When you're helping somebody else, it takes the focus off of me, 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 and puts it on someone else. And uh, it's amazing how that'll help you get your needs met by focusing on other people. So when you're going through a problem, it will help you when you focus on them, and it will actually help you solve your problem faster. Because number two, it will help you to see the solution. When you're focused on them, see, we're blinded by our own our own issues, right? But maybe you're going through something. You're helping somebody else that's going through something. And while you're helping them, God just reveals what it is you need as well. And, uh, and so that's what happens. It helps us to see the solution. And number three, it allows us to put everything into perspective. It allows us to put everything in perspective. When you're going through a bad day, you tend to think, I'm the only one that's experiencing this. I know people that say, well, you know, you hadn't been where I'm at. You, you don't know how I feel. I, I got divorced, but I'm the only person ever been divorced in the world, or I'm the only widow, uh, only person ever be widowed, or whatever. You know, you don't know how I feel. You don't. You hadn't been here. And and here's the thing: we've all been through everything. We we and Jesus has experienced it all, and so it helps us to put it in perspective because it it helps us to realize I'm not the only one going through a bad day. You can have a bad day. We all have bad days at different times. And, uh, and we'll find out it's not as bad as we thought oftentimes. It's about perspective. When uh, Pastor Kathy and I have been on some mission trips together, and, and uh, if you ever go overseas, you'll experience this. When you get back on American soil, even though CNN and everybody makes it look bad, you will kiss the ground just about. I've been to Turkey. I never want to go to Turkey again. <laughs> Sorry about that if you're from Turkey. But, uh, you know, I've been to, to Israel, been to Argentina, been to... South Africa, been to uh, uh, Lesotho, where else did we go? Oh, been to, been to Haiti and, and, and Dominican Republic. And so all of those places, when you come home, you just want to dance once you get past customs. I sometimes have trouble getting past customs. Matter of fact, one time Pastor Kathy said, if they do this again, I'm just going to keep walking like I don't know you. And uh, because we got detained for four and a half hours in a little bitty cell because of me. Somebody with my name was on the terror watch list. wasn't me. It wasn't me. But somebody with my name uh, was on there. And so, you know, I got, got, got the treatment. <laughs> and, um, and so, I mean, I've missed planes while, pe- by, while, by, while getting padded down and everything. But it helps you to see that. We've been to South Africa. We were in Johannesburg, South Africa, and we saw 
huge thing of looked like sheds. I mean, it could have been a, a Home Depot for selling sheds out there. I mean, but there are 40,000 people living in those sheds with no electricity and one spigot for water. And that's all they had. And so when you come home, you're thinking, I will never, ever complain, God. I will never complain that I've got to cut my grass twice a week in the summertime. I will never complain about, you know, uh, what, what it costs to buy, you know, stuff for my air conditioning bill or whatever. Of course we do, right? And, uh, but we saw these people. It will change your perspective. It makes you thankful. Let me tell you something. We live in a great country. The church, the Christian church in this country, has built orphanages, hospitals, universities all over the world. Not, not governments, but the Christian church. Not Muslims, not Buddhists, not any of the, the Christian church. The missions or, uh, movement from the United States of America has done this all over the world. I've been with Pastor Kathy, and we've seen some of those places that were built by ministries in this country. And so it, it makes me feel good. It, it gives me a sense of pride there, but I'm always glad to be back. Perspective means everything. My father-in-law, Brother Racky, used to always say, somebody said, well, how you doing, Rev? And he'd say, sitting on top of the world, hanging my feet off, daring the devil to make a move. Didn't matter what had just happened. We're leaving the hospital after Sister Racky went to heaven. Somebody said, Brother Racky, how you doing? I'm sitting on top of the world, hanging my feet off, daring the devil to make a move. And, uh, and, and see, Sister Racky didn't lose. She won her battle. She went, she went to glory. And, uh, and so it's about perspective. And he had a heaven perspective. And we need to have that. And so if you've got that kind of an attitude, God will meet you. And when you decide to help a fellow uh, struggler, God will bless it and he'll reward it. I mean, look at this scripture, Isaiah 58.10 is what I'm going to read. He said, if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed. In other words, if you help people. He said, then, in your scripture, circle that word then. Then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like noonday. In other words, when I help somebody, God's going to open the doors for me. He's going to open my eyes. He's going to let me see the solutions to my problems because I've been willing to help other people. He goes on to say, the Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in sun-scorched land and strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. And so we, he's saying there, when you help others, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you. I'm going to make it up to you. And even though we have a need and we're faithful, but when we're faithful and we're helping other people, God will take care of us. Remember the scripture Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness and its righteousness, and he will what? All things will be given to you. See, he will take care of us when we take care of him and what he wants us to do. So to, to help you, uh, you know, we've, we've got to, we want to, to help you, we've got to help you help others. That's almost a tongue twister. But, uh, but we want to help you because we want, we got people in this church that deliver food to the sick carry people to hospitals, doctor's appointments. Some of y'all sitting around in here right now, and, and you don't ever publicize it. And, uh, and it's just, just you go do it. And, uh, and that's an awesome thing. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. So how do we help others? Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 7. All praise to God, to the God and Father of our Master, Jesus the Messiah. Father of all mercy, God of all healing counsel. Look what he says. Verse 4. 
He comes alongside us when we're going through hard times. And before you know it, he brings us alongside someone else who's going through hard times so that we can be there for that person just as God was there for us. How many of you experienced that before? You've, you've just, you're going through a difficult time and, and God's helping you through it and all of a sudden you run into somebody they're going through a difficult time and you can help them. And, uh, and so that's what God does. He helps us so that we can help others. And, uh, and so let me tell you, it, it's a principle of God that works. And, uh, and so it says we, we have plenty of hard times that come from following the Messiah, but no more so than the good times of his healing comfort. We get a full measure of that too. When we suffer for Jesus, it works out for your healing and salvation. If we are treated well, given a helping hand and encouraging word, that also works to your benefit, spurring you on, face forward, unflinching. Your hard times are also our hard times. In other words, Paul's saying here, we're going. When you're having a hard time, I'm having a hard time with you. I'm I'm helping you bear your burdens. I'm walking with you. When we see that you're just as willing to endure the hard times as to enjoy the good times, we know you're going to make it. No doubt about it. And so God will always, as he's helping us, use that. He didn't help us just to help us. God loves us. But you know what he wants to do? He wants you to in turn help some, somebody else. He, he wants you to maybe help somebody that lost a job, like you did maybe once before. He maybe wants you to help somebody through a divorce that's gone through a divorce. He maybe wants you to help somebody whose child just turned 13 and yours is now in their 20s, you know, because they fixing to go into the tunnel. Somebody say amen. amen. All right. And, and so we can all, as God helps us through something, we can in turn help someone else. So how do we do that? How do we minister to people? There's two, two, a couple of ways, just real quick. One way is through your gifts and your passions. God gives every one of us, when you become a Christian, he gives you spiritual gifts. Now, we need to do a, a, a class to help you dis, discover those spiritual gifts. But, um, but he gives out spiritual gifts. And, um, and, and the sad part is, 87% of people in churches never find out what those are. And, uh, but he gives us spiritual gifts. Some are, are uh, gifts of service and different things, but he, everybody's got at least a spiritual gift when, you've been, when you become a Christian. He also gives us passions. I mean, some people in here, uh, besides my wife, love prison ministry. You know, but she got, she got excited about prison ministry when they took her youth group to the to the Rivard, right? And and so she saw that need. You you might have a passion towards uh, outreach or or youth ministry, uh, children's ministry. You might have a passion towards organizing things, which case you can put that on your connection card before you turn that in. Uh, you know, for whatever your passions are, is some of y'all you passions for cooking and and serving, and making people like you know that the meal and stuff like that. That's an awesome passion and gift. And so we've been given gifts and passions. And, and so God will use us to help people using our spiritual gifts and using our passions. But he'll also use you in your mess-ups. Write that down. He'll use you in your mess-ups. I mean, he, your mess-up, your mess can become your ministry. I mean, you may never have thought you'd have a ministry to people who are going through grief until you went through grief yourself. God's got that 
for you. You, you, you know, he'll use your mess up to take other seat. We've all got issues, and we need to take those and help others. Now, if you don't think, if you're sitting in here and you don't think you have an issue, that's the issue. <laughs> that's the issue. So, uh, we, but God will use us. He'll use our spiritual gifts. He'll use our passions, and he'll use our mess-ups. And, uh, and, so, and so we all can do that. God always brings us through things to help people. So uh, that second statement of Jesus on the cross, when he said, Assuredly, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. We're going to look at that. And so here's three things that we can offer people from that that Jesus did. One is, uh, write this down, offer them stability. Jesus said, you will be with me today in paradise. See, people need something solid. You know, everything in, in life, in our world right now, is moving around. Things are changing. Stuff that was normal a week ago isn't normal anymore today. Stuff that values that we held have now the big part of our culture uh, doesn't hold them anymore. I mean, our country's gone so crazy. France is censoring stuff that comes out of our country to them. I mean, and so we've got to be founded on something solid. And so Jesus is solid. You know, I used to love that song, On Christ the Solid Rock I Stand. All other ground is sinking sand. And, uh, and man, because it is, when you're built on the rock, when you base your life on the rock, and Jesus told that thief, you've based your life on the rock. Here at the last minute, you turn to me. And uh, he said, you're going to be with me today in paradise. And so um, let me just tell you, when we base our life on Christ, we're going to make it. And uh, we will look at Psalms 40, verse 2. It said, he lifted me out of the slimy pit. Now, how many of you besides me, you ever got yourself in a slimy pit? I mean, we, get, we don't just slip down in that thing. Sometimes we jump down in that pit, right? And, uh, and so he's lifted me out of that slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. And look what it says. He set my feet on a what? On a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. I mean, he will pull you out of the pit and set you on that rock. And when you base your life, when you base your self-worth, when you base your purpose on Jesus Christ and on his word and what he wants you to do, your life is based on something that's not going to change. Everything out here can be going crazy, but I'm on the rock. I'm on the rock. And so we, we can offer them stability because here's the thing. Jesus doesn't change. What he wrote in his word 2,000 years ago, he still means today. And so over here, they may be saying, this is okay. But over here, Jesus is saying, no, it's not. Over here, you might be wanting to throw bricks and stuff like that. And Jesus is saying, blessed are the peacemakers. You know, and so we know we don't respond the ways the culture responds. And so we, we've, we can offer that stability because Jesus' love for people doesn't change. He loves people on, uh, y'all, I don't want to, some of y'all, going to be news for you. He loves people in both political parties Amen. in this country. He does. He does. So we offer stability because Jesus doesn't change. His love doesn't change. Number two, we can offer them support. We offer them support. What did Jesus do? He said, today you're going to be with me. Man, if I was hanging on a cross about to die and Jesus said, hey, look, you're going to be with me in a little while. We're going to be in paradise. What's paradise? That's like a resort. When we were in, I went to Haiti, and then 
had to come back to the States and then fly to the Dominican Republic because the two countries don't get along. I was catching up with her and another group. And, uh, and, and so by the time I got to the DR, you know, it's like, man, <laughs> I'm glad I didn't come here first and go to Haiti after that. Haiti was like walking around on the moon. I mean, it was, it was like some, I mean, you know, they had the earthquake and there's poverty. And, I mean, it's horrible. And, and Haiti, the, the, I mean, the first thing we saw in every orphanage we went to was a shotgun barrel because you had to, the crime is so bad there. I got over to the Dominican Republic, thought I died and gone to heaven. I'm going, this must be like the Gar- Garden of Eden was, you know. And, uh, and so, you know, G- but Jesus is, and, and when we got through with that, while we were ministering, it wasn't all like the Garden of Eden, while we were ministering in that country, before we left, we spent a couple of days at a resort. So that's what Jesus is telling this thief. Hey, today, you're going to be with me at the resort. It's called heaven, and it's a good place. The streets are made out of gold. You can eat the buffet and don't get, don't get overweight. I mean, you know, not, all that cholesterol, it don't matter in heaven. Vanilla ice cream, better than bluebell, is going to be there. I mean, Jesus is saying today, you know, that thief, he's, he's offering him some support. He said, you're going to be with me. Let me tell you something. We got people all around us that are white knuckling. They're, they're just holding on. And they need support. Uh, you need support. And that's why we, we do what we do. That's why we really why we meet on a Wednesday because how many of you during the week, you get beat up at work and you get beat up. You got to come get a little more Jesus. And uh, look at your neighbor and say, you, you, I, I'm glad you're here. Now look at your other person that you didn't say that to and say, you look like you need more Jesus. We all need more Jesus. That's why, that's why we do the Wednesdays. That's why we do the small groups. You know what happens when you're eating across the table from somebody? You get to know them a little bit better, right? You start talking about what's going on in their lives. That happens in those small groups. Sometimes it happens with the ministry teams. The cooking teams, they get some camaraderie. The usher team, the greeters, all those different teams get some camaraderie. And, and you begin to talk and offer each other support. You saw a group of guys up here praying together. Uh, when one came up, that, that's, that's a group, and, and those guys know each other, and they pray for each other and stuff, and, and so we want to offer, you offer that support. Look at Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes 4.12. It says this, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. You can. It don't matter how big and bad you are, there's always somebody badder, you know, but two can stand back to back and conquer. See, two can stand back-to-back and conquer. Then it says, and three are even better. For triple-braided cord is not easily broken. Now, you can say that's, that's two of us and Jesus. That's the, that's the triple you want. But also, a small group of people. You need people in your life that can support you, that can protect you, that got you back. You know? And um, I remember watching, we were soldiers, we were young. And, and it, it was a, a battle in Vietnam. And these guys were basically back-to-back shooting the enemy. There were no lines. And, uh, and so that's what this, the, the picture of this is we're back-to-back supporting each other and we're fighting the enemy. And he said three is a cord that can't be broken. And so in a group, let me tell you, not everybody in your group is going to be having a bad day at the same time. I used to run. You can tell that was a few years ago, right? <laughs> I was talking to a guy that... Uh, was like one of the founders of the, I think, the uh, Corporate Cup or something like that. And I, I ran the Corporate Cup, and I ran a pretty good time. I was 40 pounds lighter, so 60 pounds lighter. 
than I am now. I was skinny thing, you know. But I, I used to run, and I ran with some friends every day after work when I was uh, working in hospital work. And so we would meet, and there would be days I just didn't want to go running. But I knew those two friends were waiting on me to go run. See, it's accountability. And there'd be days where I might show up, and I'm thinking, man, I just want to go easy today. And one of them would be like he just drank coffee or something, and he's wanting to, like, smoke it. And it's like, are you kidding me? And so, you know, but you iron sharpens iron, and, and you drag each other along, you know, and you, and you help each other. And that's what, that's what this does. That's what having two or three people in your life can do is, um, is you can encourage each other when, when one of them's down because never were the, all three of us feeling like we didn't want to run. Might be two of us, but there was always the Energizer Bunny that was wanting to, you know, and, uh, and so we would, we would go run. And, you know, after about three or four miles, you're kind of getting into it, you know. And, and so um, that's what we need in our lives, in our spiritual walk, are people that when you're having a tough time, they can maybe, let me pray for you, let me encourage you, you know, and, and they can help. And you find that, you know, in a group. You know, I read about a small group, I think it was at Saddleback Church or something, that a guy was getting, uh, one of the members was going through cancer treatment, and they lost their hair. And everybody in their small group shaved their head, showed support. That's the kind of support. That's the kind of support. And so uh, that we want to do. You know, Jesus said, uh, and so the third thing we can offer them is we can offer them salvation. We'll offer them salvation. Jesus said this, Assuredly, I say to you, the day you will be with me in paradise. He, I mean, let me tell you, when Jesus said, Surely, surely, I say to you, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. The day you're going to be with me in, in heaven. And uh, it's like going to that resort. You see, now, we've got this, this idea in our microwave world where every problem in the world gets solved in a half hour or an hour. And uh, we want God to fix our now moments, right? And he does sometimes. But really, what God offers is not just fixing our moments. He says there's something better coming. He said, I'm gonna, instead of giving you a better moment, I'm going to give you a better place. And that's where John 14 comes in. See, Jesus didn't always fix their moment, but he, he put their attention somewhere else. He said this, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. He said, in my Father's house, are many rooms. Now think about that. He said, my father's house, that's heaven. There are many rooms. If it were not so, I would not have told you I'm going there to prepare a place for you. Now, here's the thing. God, Jesus is there preparing a room for you and me right now. He's preparing something for us. See, we can offer people salvation. I can offer not just a better here, but a better place. A better place. And that's what Jesus was saying here. He says, in my Father's house are many rooms. And then he says, hey, look, when your room is finished, I'm going to come get you. He didn't say it's going to be a long tunnel. Y'all writing down the blank before I get there. I'm going to take care of those guys in the back. See, he's there preparing a place, and he said, I'm going to come and get you. I don't believe in a long tunnel where you're kind of wandering around, wondering where to go. Jesus is in the room. I told my daughter when my mother died and my niece, and I said this at her funeral, I said, y'all were on holy ground because when she took her last breath, Jesus was standing there 
and took her by the hand, and, and she breathed in the fresh air of heaven. And so when, when that's a place where our world and eternity intersect. And, uh, and so he's going to prepare a place for us, and he will come and get us. And so, uh, you know, he works on that for us now. And then, uh, you know what? The cool thing there is there's no sickness, no sadness, no pharmacies, none of that. You can eat what you want. You can run. I'll be able to slam dunk on some of these young guys and, uh, and all of that. And so, you know, so if you're going through a bad day, if you're going through a bad day, uh, I want to, you know, we want as a church walk through that with you. But let me tell you, Jesus is preparing a place that's even better than when he fixes the now. So now you can show that last slide. Write this down. Jesus offers more than a better now. He offers a better place. He offers a better place. And that's, uh, that's what, what this is. He, and, he, and he offers that to us so we can then, then go offer it to other people. You see, he saved us so we can share the message. He brings us through certain things so we can encourage others. I mean, I just went through a medical procedure this week, and I've been talking to guys that already been through that, and it was encouraging to me, see? And so, you know, we, go, we do that kind of stuff with each other. And so we, we're being brought through things so we can help others go through it. I want you to bow your heads. I want you to know tonight that God loves you and he cares about you. And that these principles work. But it starts with a relationship with Jesus. Let me tell you, principles are good principles. But if you don't know Jesus personally, it's not going to take you to that better place. And I, I don't want, I can't think of anybody on this planet that I don't want to see in heaven. Because hell is a horrible, horrible, horrible place. People say, oh, we live on hell now. No, this is not hell. Hell is a place that was prepared for the devil and the rebellious angels. But God loves you and he cares about you and he wants you to be in heaven with him. So I want to give you an opportunity right now to, to base your life on Jesus, the unchanging rock that you can base your life on. And you can know for certain you're going to heaven because your life's built on Him, on a relationship with Him. See, I can't take that away from you. The government can't take that away from you. Your friends can't take that away from you. When you have Jesus in your life, so if you're here tonight and you don't know for certain that you have Jesus in your life, maybe you don't know, you don't have that peace, that joy that, that I've been talking about. Maybe you're not sure that if you died, you'd go to heaven or not. Been there. But you can be sure if you sincerely pray to receive Jesus Christ. He'll come into your life. He'll forgive you of your sins. He will be your Savior and He will be your Lord. And as you live for Him, you will grow stronger and stronger stronger as you follow him so pray with me silently where you are if you're watching on Facebook or maybe you're in this room you need to pray with me dear God I admit to you that I'm a sinner and I need a savior Jesus thank you for dying on that cross for me thank you for paying the price for my sins Jesus I'm asking you to forgive me 
of all my sin and come into my life to be my Savior and to be my Lord. As best I can, Jesus, I give you control over every area of my life. From this day forward, I want to base my life on my relationship with you and on your word. So Jesus, give me the power to live for you each and every day. In Jesus' name, your name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer in your minute, God just forgave you of your sin. Jesus came in your life and he's your Savior. Now, I'm going to pray for you before we sing a song. Because I want God to make himself real in your life. I want God to reveal himself to you in a way you've never experienced. And I want you, when you open up your word, I want you to understand what you're reading. And I want you to hear from God. So just, the band's going to be coming forward. And I want to say this prayer. And just pray over you. Father, whether they're watching or they're here, you know who prayed that and who meant it. So, Lord, I pray that you'd make yourself real in their life. Lord, for those who maybe have just been kind of lukewarm or even cooled off or fallen away a little bit, Lord, I pray that you make yourself real to them tonight. That, God, you put a desire in their heart to read your word. And, Lord, the words just pop off the page to them. Lord, that you speak to them, God. Lord, that you show them who you are. That they feel it, God. They know that they know that they know that Jesus Christ is living in them. It's in Jesus' name I pray that, Lord. Amen. Well, let's stand up. We're going to sing. The ushers will be at either door. And you can turn your connection cards in there. And uh, so God bless you.